It's time for the February 24th, 2012 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, an interpretive guide to current events broadcasting from the campus of the University of California at Irvine in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In a remote valley. Muller. <clears throat> oh, there we go. Muller. Oh, he's Mueller. going on today. In a remote valley in impoverished Shan State, Myanmar police, mm. you know Myanmar. I do know. Uh, armed with weed whackers are advancing through fields of thigh-high poppies, leaving a carpet of stems in their wake. You would guess what kind of poppies these are. Yes. They're using weed whackers now. Hmm. In, in the of, war on drugs. It must be good. must be effective. Yeah. I, I would think that weed whackers would, would be very, uh, you know, would be a weapon in the war on drugs. I would think, though, by cutting the, the flowers off that you're actually replanting that field, aren't you? Well, they probably pick them up and okay. hose it down with mm, something. But, you know, the immediate crop's gone. Yeah, that's true. The seeds would probably, the Nature has seeds its ways. would get stuck in their teeth yeah. and <laughs> cause embarrassment at a later social function. <laughs> When the police are finished, their uniforms are flecked with the sticky brown sap of, of course, opium. Myanmar produced an estimated 610 tonnes, or as I like to say, tons, tons yes. in 2011, making it the world's second biggest opium supplier after Afghanistan. So they're in competition there, Afghanistan being the biggest supplier of opium. They need what they need to do. Yeah? If, if the ties are smart, they'll invite al-Qaeda in to take over their government, the U.S. can invade them, and then they'll become the number one yeah. supplier of, of opium in the world. See, that's what... Is, see, is there any connection between us invading a country and the opium supply see, no. skyrocketing? Let's see, Vietnam. Let's see, Vietnam. what were what they we doing about the time we were there? Hmm. Hmm. Thai, let's see, Laos, Cambodia. Hmm. What were they producing a lot of when we evaded there? Hmm. Well, I wonder what department of our government needs that much opium. Well... Or I mean, they're, they just, just like it because it's an easy supply line to to uh, to open up to get smuggling in for all sorts of things yeah. like weapons. Yeah. And if you're a crazy conspiratist like myself, you would say just like they did with the Iran Contra stuff. Yeah. They were importing or they were selling cocaine, importing it into the United States, making money off of it, and then using the money for clandestine. Well, they're black importing ops. it right here to uh, to Los Angeles. Yeah, to Los yeah. Angeles. Mm-hmm. So South Central. And this this by the way goes the history of the CIA and drugs goes back to it's World, a fact. War, World War Two when they were um, when they were providing protection on the docks in Marseille for heroin uh, import, um, allowing that to become a flourishing business in, in Europe. And they were making money on it as well. So this is these are not, I'm not making this up. This has been documented. It's a little side deal. It's a part-time a little side job deal. for so, the CIA so, operatives. They yeah. want to make a little money yeah, on the side? Yeah. yeah. You want to, you yeah, so let's connect the dots. Yeah. The Sudanese government rejected the conditions attached by the United States to canceling all of Khartoum's $2.4 billion debt owed to it. So they rejected that. Mm-hmm. The debt relief proposal was submitted last week by uh, Obama mm. to Congress as part of his 2013 budget. Oh, but for Sudan to take advantage of the offer, it must follow through on all remaining items of the 2005 Comprehensive Peace Agreement, particularly mm-hmm. with regard to post-secession negotiations with South Sudan. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to, how do you say, dick with their governments. Yeah. I think. Th- well, incentive, incentivized. Yeah, well, it could be. Khartoum must also satisfy U.S. Congress requirements, including upholding human rights and fighting terrorism. I believe they kind of 
gave us the finger on did this they? one. Yeah, they did. They oh. said, you know, we're not going to let. You. This is a matter for our government, not your congressman. We'll show them. Yeah. European finance ministers mm-hmm. agreed to a new $172 billion bailout for Greece. You got anything on it's Greece? big news. That is yeah. big. That's huge. It'll force Athens to commit to making another round of deep austerity cuts. Hasn't, make, hasn't made the Greeks any happier. No, they're angry right they're now. They're very angry. They've yeah. been demonstrating nonstop since this proposal was Greek made. Greek workers are expected to suffer further wage cuts, larger than the 15% already planned for the next three years. That would be, you know, if someone told you you were going to lose 15% and then and say, oh, wait, you're going to lose more than that. Yeah. You went through all the pain and agony and, and uh, refiguring of what the heck you're going to do with 15% less money on a, you know, tight budget. Yeah. And then suddenly they say, oh, wait, I think a little bit more. kind of sounds like KUCI, you know? <laughs> kind of does. The way we run around here. Yeah. We're going to cut 15%. Oh, wait. Wait. Did we say 15? We meant 25%. We just, yeah. And, and by the way, the, the Greek, I know the Greek... Economy was um, in bad shape. Obviously, it was in bad shape on some level. However, the agreement that the Greek government drew up in order to extend this kind of um, profligate spending that they were doing was put together by Goldman Sachs. Yeah. And a very a similar, a very a deal that was very similar to the kinds of deals that were going around during the housing bubble collapse. Yeah. So. Way to go, Goldman Sachs. And again, you know, we've talked about this. We've had people on the show to talk about this, how uh, the IMF and these big, big mega um, monetary outfits really enslave countries through these onerous debt. And that may be what's going on here. The well. bailout is being opposed by some uh, what they call left-wing groups. Of course. Yeah. The KKE Communist Party called on people across Europe to join Greeks in their battle against what they call monopolies and profits, which I think would be an accurate assessment of I think, the situation I think, I think there. that's code word for Goldman Sachs. <laughs> China's central bank announced that it had signed a $10 billion yuan. I, I don't know how to pronounce that word. You know, they're, they're uh, ten, I said $10 billion. 10 billion yuan or 1.5 oh. billion dollar right. um, currency swap right. deal with Turkey. Okay. There is some sort of controversy on how to pr- pronounce that. Okay. Yuan is what I've always heard. And then the, I went to, to, you know, as you always go to find out the correct pronunciation of anything is go to the internet. Yes. Because you know that they're infallible yeah, absolutely. At the, uh, on the internets. And apparently um, the first pages that came up. Yeah, was saying that that's the wrong way to pronounce it. Yuan. Okay, what is? Did they, what did I they don't say? know. I oh, couldn't. They uh, didn't. They didn't have one of those little audio files, and they said it's just, it's it's one one uh, syllable, yawn. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking it was like yawn Rainbird or oh, something. Yeah. 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 But anyway, mm-hmm. China is uh, is doing this ten billion yuan deal in its latest effort to promote international use of the Chinese currency, mm. the yuan, that's, or the yawn. That is not good. China has in recent years signed agreements with New Zealand, hmm. South Korea. That's, that's, that's a big South one. Korea, yeah. South Korea's huge. Malaysia, yeah. Belarus, Indonesia, Argentina, Iceland, Singapore, and the southern Chinese territory of Hong Kong. Okay. That's a big one. 
which has its own currency. China's key trading partners, such as the United States, say the yuan is undervalued, making Chinese exports cheaper on the world markets and thereby gaining an unfair trade advantage. That's what we've been saying for quite a while now. And I don't know how this whole thing is going to straighten out. My, my opinion is not I'm not one to leap to the defense of the dollar and all, but I do think there is something to that argument that the Chinese oh, yeah. currency is not of the value that it purports to be and to hook your monetary relationship to that is not the not the most yeah intelligent thing to do at this well, point well yeah they could come a crashing down and that's the thing yeah, that will yeah. correct it yeah yeah they're and, talking and, they're talking about a housing bubble there's a lot of bubbles in yeah. in chinese uh, economy right now so uh, the United States is stepping up efforts to dissuade is- Israel from attacking Iran's nuclear facilities. Mm-hmm. That in itself is questionable, mm-hmm. just exactly what kind of nuclear facilities Iran has. But we're led to believe now that they're they're planning to destroy us any second. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, which would be uh, this uh, this warning was issued by General Martin Dempsey. He was a, he's the chairman of the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staffs, and he said it's not prudent at this point to attack Iran, and a strike at this time would be de-establishing. In other words, he's trying to persuade Israel perhaps not to blow up yeah. the facilities which we've been suggesting might need to be blown up. Yeah, we uh, for the last uh, couple of months, I know that I've been reading reports of the minister, uh, Obama administration really trying to defuse this from going forward, that yeah. the Israelis seem determined. The United States is very upset with Israel for a lot of reasons, but the most recent one is the uh, the assassination of these Iranian scientists. Yeah. These are obviously Israeli, apparently Israeli operations, and it's caused uh, it's destabilized the situation where where in fact the United States is trying to talk to Iran right now. They, they there are people within the Iranian government who are saying let's talk. There are those at the top who maybe aren't as much, but there is some back and forth here, and the Israelis seem determined to um, to undermine those attempts. Yeah, let's talk Canada. Okay, Ooh. let's talk the pipeline. You like this pipeline? I love thing, this pipeline. Yeah, and, and I had the story, and somehow it got erased from. What's well, little... the Northern Gateway pipeline? Yeah, no, I know. And, and Canada is is uh, the Northern Gateway pipeline uh, is there now, pretty much to take the place, I believe, of our pipeline. Right. That was going to come down through the Midwest and hook right. up to the Gulf. Right. Now now Canada is uh, focusing all its energies on creating its own pipeline that would go from the middle of their country, um, from the tar sands of Alberta to the nation's west coast, which would mean, you know, <laughs> Vancouver, Vancouver, I guess, right, right. which would be a shame for that, that oh. city, yeah. that pristine little city. And at that point, it would be sent to our good friend China. That's going to say, yeah. there you go. There's the kicker in all of this. Yeah. Supporters of this see it as a defiant stan- a stance against the U.S. Yeah. And uh, Prime Minister is talking about being held hostage by, uh, by our the, interests. Yeah, by, yeah. Radio ads here, right? Radio ads in Canada are saying, stand up to this foreign bully, meaning us. And. You know, we've, we've been they proud go. of our foreign bully status for quite a while. Listen, if they want to go, yeah. it's go time. Let's, you want a foreign bully? <laughs> bring it on, Canada. Bring, yeah. bring it. You know, this is the thing about the pipeline. As much as I thought I knew about it, I didn't understand until recently, this week, in fact, that this all this oil, all this tar sand oil is, is headed for China. All the, It's going somewhere. Yeah. So the question well, I, is, do we yeah. want it going to us yeah. or do we want it going to China? 
Do yeah. we want to take a middleman cut on the deal? Yeah, I and guess maybe we're force say. China to take down its uh, its threat of the yuan. Yeah, yeah. in exchange for some oil. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how this. Uh, I mean, I again, I I guess I assumed it was going into refineries and it would eventually end up more or less coming to the United States. But in fact, it it is destined for China. What I find interesting is in the Republican primary for president that this issue comes up far more often than I can uh, it, it, think of almost any other foreign policy related question. Mm-hmm. You hardly hear them talk about the war in Iraq or Iran or any any of that stuff. It's mostly Ron Paul who brings it up. But every single candidate keeps bringing up how important this pipeline is to go through. Yeah. I mean, it's an unusual, it's kind of, it stands out by the fact that it's about a foreign policy decision, in a sense. Well, at one point in the campaign, you know that it's going to be brought up, if it hasn't already, that Obama is uh, is helping China by by keeping the uh, the, the uh, tar sands pipeline. Yeah. Well, uh, or, the, or the other, yeah, or that he's blocking it, this development, all these jobs. I mean, uh-huh. the, the, the pipeline people well, keeps talking about the hundreds of thousands of jobs. In fact, it's a few hundred, really. Yeah. It's nothing. So, I mean, it's just really, uh, it's just odd. I mean, it's not odd. I understand why. It's, it's a huge economic issue to some people and to the people who write the checks for the Republican candidates for president. That's who it's important to. But it's just, We'll see. It's a very, very telling issue, I think, over the course of the next couple of years, how, how it plays out. Now, I would say that Southern California perhaps uses the most oil. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. I, I, yeah. Would, I would guess. Yeah. I don't know that for a fact. But I would say because of our, because of our distance from any center, because uh, mm. of the use of our automobiles. Well, it's more expensive of, here. Because than of the else. film industry yeah. right. and all the plastics that are. Right. Uh, it, it's, it seems that we do. So I would suggest why don't they just build a pipeline straight to California? Okay. Maybe Jerry Brown could get hold of something like that. Maybe. We could, we could ship it out of, uh, you know, San Pedro. Yeah. I think to what, China. To China. Yeah. And charge the Chinese rather than having the, the Canadians charge them. I think a deal could be worked out. I think we could put it on those bullet trains. And I would suggest running the faultiest part of that pipeline through Las Vegas in hopes that one day that city would explode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. An extinct plant in an Ice Age squirrel's burrow. Okay. Where is that? That had been stuck in the Siberian permafrost for over 30,000 years has been regenerated. Oh, wow. So they've, they've regenerated a, a plant from the fruit tissues. A team of Russian scientists managed to resurrect an entire plant in a pioneering experiment that paves the way for the revival of other species. That's, wow. Wow. The Silene stenophylla is the oldest plant ever to be regenerated, and it is fertile. Wow. So it's able to produce uh, white flowers and viable seeds. So we have a plant now that wasn't around that is now around because of our uh, because of us defrosting it in the proper manner. And it's those damn socialist scientists that did it too. And it also proves social scientists. Socialist. Socialist. Oh, scientists. you mean the uh, Yeah, those uh, damn socialist, socialist scientists. Yeah in, yeah, in Russia there. Yeah. The experiment proves that permafrost serves as a natural depository for ancient life forms. So if we can get into that permafrost, who knows what we can find in there and what we can You know, Nathan, what this reminds me of, it reminds me that all things, all things come back to Star Trek. And how in the in the second movie, in the second one, I think it's The Wrath of Khan, where they, where, where they, where they shoot the, uh, the little magic bullet into that planet and it turns it all green. Green? Yeah, it becomes green. Just think of it. 
Just think about that, Nathan. It became unfrosted. It was it was a barren, desolate planet, devoid of all life. And then William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy they shot a thing right at the at the planet and mm-hmm. made it green. That's fascinating. Yes. Scientists have taken a first step. This is another fascinating scientific story, and perhaps you can find a Star Wars analogy for this. Star- scientists, oh, whatever. Scientists <laughs> have taken a first early step towards surpassing the limits of a technological principle called Moore's Law. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'll explain that later. Okay. Moore's Law. By creating a working transistor using a single phosphorus atom. Yep. They have created a working transistor using a single atom. Wow. The atom was etched into a silicon bed with gates to control electrical flow and metallic contacts to apply voltage. It is the first such device to be precisely positioned using a repeatable technology and may one day help ease the way toward creation of a so-called quantum computer that would be significantly smaller and faster than our existing technology. So we we think they're small now. Wait until everything starts getting etched on atoms. (laughs) Okay. Moore's Law, in case you were wondering, states that the number of transistors that can be placed on an integrated circuit doubles every 18 months to two years. It was kind of that thing. Remember when we talked to uh, the the, uh, fellow who put the Kurzweil movie together? And Kurzweil is uh, an inventor, Mm -hmm. invented a myriad of things, who believes that uh, there's a possibility that with the way science is advancing that he'll be able to live forever. Yeah. Because he'll be able to store his memory on a computer and be able to experience that memory given the rapid increase of uh, technology. Yeah. Well, this being able to use a single atom to uh, for a transistor uh, doubles down on that. It's saying that perhaps he's right, or at least if, if you can do that with no, a memory. No, it's absolutely. He, he's he's uh, taken the timeline. They've taken the timeline and made it much shorter now. Uh, Kurzweil talked about the singularity coming, what he predicted would be 2030. Yeah, but yeah. also, they, according to Moore's Law, uh, too, they predict that it will reach its limit by 2020, and that's going to be blown away, too. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's amazing. That is, I mean, that's, un- that's, that's in- almost incomprehensible to think atoms can actually become... Stores of it. Yeah, yeah I know. And Mahler feels the same way about it, don't you, Mahler? Oh. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a Star Trek thing, but I think the Borg is as close as I can get. Antibiotic resistant infections are now being found in gyms at the beach and increasingly on the farm. You know about all mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. One strain of a uh, methicillin res- resistant Staphylococcus aureus, known as CC398, has been rapidly spreading through poultry and pig farms, infecting people who work with the animals. Around the world, up to 26.5% of farm workers sampled in the Netherlands, for example. So a quarter of the farmers sampled in the Netherlands are are carrying around this uh, anti-resistant bacteria themselves. And it's in, in nearly half all the meat sampled in the United States. That was according to a new genetic study. It shows that this form of staph started out in humans as a more standard susceptible strain. And now it's gone on uh, once it jumped to livestock, become resistant to common antibiotics, methicillin, and tetracycline. The detailed new study helps to clarify how this new breed of drug-resistant staph known as livestock-acquired MRSA has become so prevalent among livestock so quickly after only having been spotted spreading back to humans about a decade ago. 
We can't blame nature or the germs, Paul Keem, director of and co-author of the study, said. It is our inappropriate use of antibiotics that is now coming back to haunt us. <laughs> it is a race. La, 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 la. It is a race. It's a race between the guys who are making the memory atoms yeah. and the other idiots who are trying to re- try to squeeze every drop of profit and and safety be damned. That's the race to me. Safety be damned. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You said it. German theorists in Switzerland determined that prejudice is a sound, if error-prone strategy for short-term, short-term interactions in high migration populations. So according to that, game theorists have it figured that, I guess, being prejudiced is okay. Oh. Not really, but it's effective. It's effective. <laughs> it's yeah. effective. Okay. So is murder, but... <laughs> A Scottish musician was bitten in the testicle by a venomous tiger snake while urinating in a Tasmanian garden. Oh. I think that's the beginning of a new poem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that's a Led Zeppelin song, actually. I do remember uh, that, that, uh, about the Tasmanian devil. You know, the the other word that kind of sounds like shite? Yes. I can't say, I can say shite, can't I? You can say shite. But I can't say the other word. No, No, I can't. Uh, German academics voted... Shite storm, and I don't mean shite storm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but they've—I thought this was uh, revealing. German academics think that that word that I can't say here on air mm-hmm. is the most useful English loan word in the German language. Oh, it's words, on they, loan to them. Yeah, we, we are, you. <laughs> it was—it was part of this economic negotiation okay. we had yeah. with, uh, yeah, well, with Germany. Well, no, no, they use it. Yeah, it's, it's well, I mean, like word. we use—we yeah. uh, uh, use everything. Yeah. I can't even think of a good German word that we use all the time. Um, Dummkopf. Dummkopf. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Strum and drang. Yeah. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Thank you. But they think that, that well, Scheidstorm is good. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. It is. It's a great word. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to move right here to the United States and start talking about domestic policy, if you are. I am. I love to- You know how I feel about this. Can we start with the Supreme Court? Of course we can. The Supreme Court agreed to hear what could mark a major challenge to affirmative action. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I don't know what to think of this. I think the Supreme Court will rule the wrong way, but mm-hmm. I do think that, uh, and they're planning on doing this about the time that the presidential election is uh-huh. in full swing. Yeah, the, the case was brought by a white student who says she was rejected from the University of Texas because of her ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think white is an ethnicity, is it? And I'm white. I should know. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Don't you call me white. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was thinking the other day about the N-word. Yes. And how we said the actual word here on air. Yeah. And I was thinking what's more offensive if, if you happen to be someone who is black mm-hmm. and you hear the word, would you rather be called, there goes the N-word or there goes the word that the N-word is referring to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that the N-word is referring to the word. So it's a once removed word. Yes. But what if we just... If the people who were incredibly racist starting called, called yeah, you know, if they started calling black people N-words, yeah. would that make things better? Yeah, you N-word. Yeah, you N-word. Yeah. What, what, is, what is that? that well, I would be more offensive if I was black, but I'm not, so I can't really tell because I'm white and I don't know anything about, about people who are black, I guess. This, I, can't, yes. I can't tell you, but it does seem ridiculous that this white student 
I, 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 no, you I, know, it's a matter of ethnicity, and it, it's it's a, a slippery slope we all jumped into. It's it is too a bad we can't work this out. It, a discu- it is a discussion that causes my head to explode, because uh-huh. on one hand, I, I feel like Lenny Bruce and George Carlin, yeah. which is, you give power to words when you when you treat them this way. You yeah. give You infuse them with power that they don't deserve when you do what we're doing in this, a politically correct setting. Yeah, it, However... There's so much baggage and history related to that word that it's almost impo- it's almost like a completely different planet yeah. when it comes to discussing this thing, yeah. this kind of issue. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I, I know we made the, the or I made the jump from using language and yeah. from affirmative action, but I think it is kind of tied into this too. Yeah, uh, and I don't I don't know the solution. I don't either. Yeah, I, I think I don't know if there's a, like long term historical perspective. We look back and that it doesn't have the power to offend and hurt people, and we'll be able to discuss it in more of in in that kind of Lenny Bruce George Carlin yeah. kind of way or not. I don't know. I don't know. I just yeah. And for for example, I can't be. I can't say. I, I'm generally at this point in time. I'm less uh, attracted to the idea affirmative to of affirmative action. Yeah. Without being thought of as a racist, yeah, which is ridiculous. I'm, I, it's actually the opposite. I'm hoping we've kind of. I know we haven't leveled things out, right. but I'm hoping there are other things now at play, like just general cultural recognition of the fact that we're all pretty much equal in this. Well, and that, that's, uh, to, to me, that's the whole point of affirmative action. That a lot is, isn't necessary. Yeah, is at some point in some yeah. greater economic. Pie that's being shared by all, and and all the all the benefits that come from uh, a, a, a functioning society are are given to everyone. As we get closer to that, yeah. affirmative action becomes less and less yeah. of something we should or need to be talking. And or, then it becomes yeah. the culture's job, not not the government's job, right. to deal with this. I know, I know, and yeah. I. The Supreme Court also issued a ruling limiting the circumstances in which prisoners need to be read their rights prior to interrogation. The case hinged on an, an inmate who confessed to a sex crime after being questioned for five to seven hours by armed deputies without being read his Miranda rights. The prisoner, Randall Fields, was being held for disorderly conduct in a Michigan jail and was told he could return to his cell in a 6-3 vote, the majority led by Justice Samuelito. Samuel, Samuel said Fields was not considered to be in custody at the time. He was in jail. Yeah, but that's not really in custody. That's what I really despise about Alito is and, and and his ilk yeah is that it's it's down to such a fine point of the law that it misses justice or anything that the Supreme Court would really be about in in representing people instead it's he's representing words more than he is actual humans which <sighs> is disgusting there's some good court there's a good court ruling this I love week. good court ruling um, a New York judge has ruled that towns have the right to ban controversial use of natural drilling natural gas drilling process known as fracking good for him he said that the that the city of Dryden a suburb of Ithaca uh, has the right to prohibit fracking as part of the authority to regulate local land use so uh-huh. this is a good development oh I think so too uh, because there will lot be a lot of communities in this kind of belt they're they're talking about they call it the Marcellus shale belt it's the massive rock formation that stretches from new york to other tennessee and yeah. beyond and, and it's basically a giant oil shell and this is where, why they're using fracking to get to this particular well, yeah as thing. long as a company can have access at one point in time in one point of, of real estate to what's under yeah the, a whole community essentially right it can pretty much uh i won't say destroy the community but make it 
in, uninhabitable. Yeah, yeah. And 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 this is that this is another race, if you will. This is a race between get for these uh, major oil companies to get control of the land before the people in those communities really understand just how how detrimental this practice is to drinking water and to the environment. Yeah. And it, they're just hoping to it's a massive land grab as quickly as they can. And uh, hopefully this court ruling will allow other communities to do the same. Yep. Victims of the notorious pepper spray mm-hmm. incident at uh, Davis, yeah. University of Davis, they're suing the government now, or suing the university. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. When, uh, oh, all right. Yeah. I mean, they were penned. They were not going, or they were not penned, but they were, yeah, they were sprayed. Just they were sprayed. Yeah, were there any lasting effects? I don't know what the, la- I mean, in their eye, for their damage to their eyes. Or, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. I, I think we would be hearing about I that. I think we would, yeah. Uh, I, they, I because the only thing that they were they were violated uh, in this, according to them, was their constitutional rights. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, I mean, it's, I, it's, I, it's yeah. become kind of an iconic image of that guy, yeah. you know, with the spray. And I mean, I mean, I just there is something I don't know. I don't want to be conspiratorial. I think it's ridiculous on one level to say it this way, but I'm going to say it. All right. And that is there was a really concerted effort about two months ago to shut down all of these Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. Were they coordinated? I don't know. Was there sort of a culture of within law enforcement that said we gotta put an end to this and they just sort of all did at the same time, happenstance or whatever. But it happened within a couple of weeks they were all gone. And I, I there's something about this in the militarization. Yeah, it was winter is what happened. Well, winter is some part of it, and they had been there for a month or so. And but there's something about the militarization, the reaction of police to peaceful demonstrations that should bother us. That yeah. that I mean, I understand. I I don't know where the line is. You allow people to camp out for months and months and months, and the public safety issues and whatever else other issues are involved. But at the same time, this kind of overreach and reacting to the way that they shut these people down, it's, it's violent. It's a yeah, violent... On the, on the other hand, I look at this and I say, what was the purpose of, of the protesters? Well, I, and I don't think they've done anything except divide more. Do you? Yeah. What, what do you think? Do you think that people on, uh, who thought that they were, who were against the protesters now say, oh, now that they've been pepper sprayed, I'm for them. Now that they're in litigation against the university, I, I think they're right. You, you know, you could... All right. I can't imagine that, actually. Well, if no, you tell me no, how no, they could no. be, and isn't the purpose of the protesters to actually get more people on their side? I think, I think that's what the whole idea here is, is to build a, 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 such a strong majority that would be in favor of an Occupy movement that it would make it impossible for anybody to be elected or to say anything against that movement. I, th- I think that's what you're trying to build. And, and the more that you do things that are divisive, well, not not well, that the, you know being sprayed in the face is divisive. I understand the the dynamic there, but putting themselves in into a, a spot where it was pretty apparent that something was going to happen. Yeah, that, they, that 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 could be interpreted by a lot of people as they deserved it or they didn't deserve it, and and they didn't do anything to to uh, help bring people over from the other side. I I, I don't see that. Okay. It's just preaching to the converted here. I think you identified the problem with that kind of a movement that kind of comes out of nowhere in a sense, springs whole cloth onto the public consciousness, and then has no end game. Uh But they did accomplish something that I think is pretty remarkable, and that is there isn't 
there's very few people in the country who don't understand the 1%, 99% dynamic now, the paradigm of that. And I, and I think they did. They accomplished it. There isn't a politician who's running for public office yes. who can't address that now. Yeah, I, I agree. And that but was something that wasn't being addressed I, before. But I don't think that, that standing in a place where somebody is holding up a spray can, of, uh, you know, a pepper spray can, exhibiting it to everybody, letting them know it's going to happen, and then getting sprayed in the faces, you know, being asked to leave. Is, is making that any better. The idea is to get the message out, like you said. Yeah, it did. And, and Didn't it? I don't think so. Well, I think at that point in time, it divided. Okay. I think people were, were well aware of Occupy and, and the message of, of Occupy. Right. And they continue to be more, uh, more aware of it. I don't know that the pepper spray incident helped on either side. Well, and that's I, what I'm trying, yeah, trying to say. Yeah. And I know they didn't put themselves in that position. Well, they had no end game. They, it was. It was some. There was no. What were they going to do? Their, their hope. I assume their hope was that politicians would step up and say, "This is something we need to do," because or uh, put up a candidate or do something. They. This just sprung up. I don't know that they re- had any idea that it would be as popular or as widespread as it became. I think an articulate spokesman would have helped. How about that? I yes. Ra- rather, ra- uh, well, no. no. Well, I'll tell you what. So l- 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 articulate l- l- spokesman's d- spokesman didn't help. Let me go back. Spokesman. I know what you're saying. Uh, look, Martin Luther King, an articulate spokesman for the civil rights movement yeah. for uh, for a good part of a decade. Yeah. What did he become? Divisive, su- subject to an FBI investigation. He was assassinated. I I think he was as divisive as you're talking about today. No, I don't. Okay. Because he 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 spoke. I, at the point in time that they were pepper spray, that's all I'm trying yeah, to. Yeah, and, okay. At the point in time, yeah. I, and I, you know, maybe maybe we won't come to any sort of agreement okay, on this. Right. Maybe we should ask Mahler. What, what do you think about the police who pepper spray those kids? Uh huh. Yeah. Is it, is it a trouble? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Mahler. That's enough. That's enough. Jeez. I guess he's pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can yeah. see that. He's I, taken I, sides. I don't here. want to talk about it anymore because yeah. I can see how upset. Uh, three he's House Democrats. Democrats walked out on a committee hearing on contraception in protest of a witness panel consisting entirely of male religious leaders. That's now, so that to me is that's that's uh, that's a great image. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, that's much better than uh, that's not a desi- divisive image, no. and that's not a divisive thing. That's 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 pure uh, comedy. There. It is absolute yeah. gold there, gold Jerry, gold. It's uh, uh, it is. Uh, do you happen to see the uh, uh, the, the law in Virginia? Are we going to talk about? Are we going to mention the, the personhood law? No, Confer- no, no. The uh, the abortion uh, prevention. Oh, that was a personhood bill conferring oh, the bad. rights of a human being upon an embryo. Yeah, that's what you mean. Yeah, uh-huh. from the moment of fertilization. I love that stuff. Yeah. No, and then the other part is: isn't it Virginia where you ha- where if a, if a woman decides she wants to go uh, to terminate the pregnancy, she has to have uh, a transvaginal probe? Is that that's? I think that's Virginia yeah. as well. I think is so. It, is that, yeah, I don't have that here. Yeah, so yeah. We're you tell basic, me. We're You're basic, the one that brought it up. Uh, okay. I'm, it's basically the, the law says if you want to uh, terminate the pregnancy, a woman, you have to beforehand, you by law now have to be subjected to what they call a transvaginal probe. It's uh, basically they stick something up the. Uh, he, is there a safety concern there? Would be my question. And is there? Uh, and uh, and the the flip side of that is, or if, are they just trying to determine the if, uh, how long she's been pregnant? No, they're just simply they're what they're doing is they're going to it's sort of an ultrasound of sorts. I think. What are they doing in there? There, there are a, there are, this probe is intended to 
essentially give her pause for what she's about to do. I guess that that's what the, I don't understand it other than it's an inv- I mean, this is this is like the 1940s or 50s. Yeah. Or why are we talking about contraception and oh my god, this is just crazy. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I've just stepped back to, you know, is is Truman president? Did I miss the last 55 years? I mean, what what It's the- not that long, Mike. 55 years is not that long. I, I know, but it's... People like to think it's a long time. I know, you're it right. It's not you're a right. long time. You're right. You're right. We've, we've, there's actually been progress in the com- country over the last 55 there years. There has. There has. But, there, uh-huh. but you can see that people who have taken control of the Republican Party are looking at the early 50s as... A, well, as they're very afraid. Things are moving forward, and they don't have any place to go. <sighs> and they're, they're, they're I afraid. Know. I know. You know? I know. Their grandmother didn't have to deal with this, and well, it's true. You I know, laugh, I know. No, I'm not. True. I get it because I know exactly what you're talking about. I know precisely. Obama uh, is preparing, oh, preparing to unveil a proposal to overhaul the uh, nation's corporate tax code. That's good. You like that? Yeah, I like that. What are you laughing about? No, it? I'm laughing. You about think it. that he's not going to do it? No, of course he's going to try to do it. It's yeah. great election year rhetoric. Look, this is how I'm going to make this the shining city on the hill, and here's how I'm going to do it. And the Republicans are going to scream bloody murder, yeah. and it's not going to happen. We didn't even time well, flew today. It did. Didn't it, it, I got to tell you real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Did, did, you you got to love the Mitney, the Mitney, the Mitt Romney speech that he gave to the uh, people of Michigan when he said. I love being in Michigan. You've heard this, right? And what do you say? He says, I love being in Michigan. I love the lakes. The lakes are just right. Yeah. And the trees, they're just the right height. Yeah. Amongst some other things that he said. But yeah. it, it, it's just, and I'm, you know, to make fun of somebody for a faux pas, I'm the last one to do that. I think I probably should be the last one to do that. However, this man's running for president. It indicates to me he has, he has, there's some gene missing or something in his personality that's just, he's unable to I don't know speak from his heart. I mean, even that the right way to put it. I don't know. What do you, you heard it? What did you think when you? I, I mean, don't worry about those things. Those you know, the, uh, being I mean, in a presidential campaign would just be nuts. It's uh, the way the system's set up. I, I, these people are in front of the camera all day long. They're trying to get in the camera in front of the camera all day long because that's the only way that they're going to be elected. So everything they do, in, 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 is. It has to be closely supervised. It's got to be nuts being in a situation like that. I, yeah, but every time he has an opportunity to sort of ex, is to speak extemporaneously, he sings "America the Beautiful" or he says things like that. It's just something well, because someone told him that it worked, and he does it again. It's bad. Don't right. you think? I mean, you I, think that, I don't know. I don't know if. Well, a, you know enough about politics. I do, and I understand that this is. It is a crazy, unreal, inhuman kind of process. And the reason that better people don't run for president is just because of that. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just. It's. It's. It's weird. It's there's yeah. something weird about him. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, just just for what it's worth, uh, quickly. Yeah. U.S. taxpayers will subsidize part of the $26 billion settlement owned by five leading banks. So it looks like we're going to be yeah. strapped with that again. Uh, a man suffered a heart attack while eating a triple bypass burger at the Heart Attack Cafe, <laughs> at the Heart Attack Grill in Las Vegas. I like that one. And and that's really that's really all I have to say, unless you want to talk about Jeremy Lin, who lost horribly last oh, night. Oh, they did. I watched some of that game. And yeah. y- y- you know what? The Knicks. The Knicks are going to be better. If you want yeah. really my, my sports analysis, yeah. the Knicks are going to be fine. They're getting better. Miami's the best team in the league. and They got they won at home. All right. They I'm, pl- they play, yeah. what, what, I'm just going to go back to uh, you know our, our discussion about the N-word yeah. and, and, and the chink in the armor episode. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, this guy, 
the writer, the editor, it, it was, the, it was a headline, yeah, ESPN, a headline yeah. writer yeah, who, yeah. who looks to be in his early twenties. Mm -hmm. He hasn't he hasn't had any sort of. Uh, he wanted to write a column. He just got a job writing a column. He writes headlines. Writing headlines is is really kind of horrible work. Yeah, and you're doing this for every single story. You know, you're doing it for what twenty stories a day. Who knows? Yeah, it's according cool. to him, it was complete oversight. It wasn't. There was nothing intended. He yeah. he's he completely screwed up. Yeah. He admits that he completely screwed up, and and he's losing his job. Yeah. His life is essentially going down the toilet right now. He'll be known for this. Be, yeah, because he made a mistake with a word, and I I guess what he deserved it. No, no, and 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 I think when when you try and make, say make this emblematic of all racism in the United States, you're kind of missing the point. Yeah. There's other places to look at yeah. for. For uh, for racism in the United right. States, and, right. and certainly a guy making a mistake on a headline, it was an unfortunate mistake yeah. by by all means. I yeah. I'm surprised. What, what it's not the headline writer that should have been fired. It's it's somebody who oversees that, yeah. I guess. And if no one oversees it, then maybe they should get someone to maybe take a little look at what's going out in print, and so that somebody doesn't ha and have another faux pas like this. But it did seem that chink in the armor was. Was a gaff, not it's a, a not gaff. a racial slur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, finally, yeah. the Chili Pepper Institute, Mike. Mm -hmm. I know you're going to be interested in this. Mm -hmm. At New Mexico State University, declared the Trinidad Maruga scorpion the hottest pepper on earth. The golf size, the golf ball sized pepper, burned through the latex gloves of the researchers assigned to pick it. You take a bite; it doesn't seem so bad, and then it builds and it builds and it builds. So it is quite nasty, Paul Boesland, a renowned pepper expert and director of the Chile Institute, said. Jim Duffy, a grower in San Diego, said people actually get a crack-like rush. I know you can attest to that. I can. I know exactly. Yeah. I, can, I couldn't eat one of those, but I get it. I get it. I know the people who will eat the hottest stuff to get this rush. That would be you. That's me. But they've got to go through the pain. <laughs>